You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Visit the collective at electronicmediacollective.com. The 60s Reboot podcast is produced by Matt D. You can find the show at 60sreboot.blogspot.com. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or just subscribe to the RSS feed. You can also follow Matty D on Twitter at 60sreboot2. Plus, you can email the show at 60sreboot at gmail.com. That way, if you have any suggestions for a show, Please feel free to email in at 60sreboot at gmail.com. And now, the rules for our show. We take a look at a classic 60s television show and recast it for today's audience. Actors and actresses we choose must be living and working in the TV industry. Now that you know the premise, let's start our show. This is Maddie D here. Today, we have a special guest from the fictional land of Gnomeville. Our friend, the wonderful, the man of the hour, Jerry the Gnome. Hey, thanks for having me on again. It's great to be here. How you guys doing today? Um, there's only one of me and one of you, so we're kind of the guys. Right, 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 all right. Technicalities. I'm just saying how's it going. It's been a while. Like, a whole two episodes. Maybe three. Hell, what number is this? Episode five? Six? 10, 25, look at me, I'm Tom Brady, calling out, calling numbers. All right. Well, Jerry, thanks for coming up to join me for the show. What do you mean, coming up? Is that a short joke? No, no, it's not a short joke. All right, cool. Okay, Jerry, so uh, what's new in your life? Uh, How's that podcast coming? Oh, good, 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 good. It's uh, it's really coming along nicely. I'm uh, definitely um, writing a semi-script kind of thingy before I actually start recording and getting things all lined up and picking out music and all that wonderful. All right, look, I'm a level with you. I'm a lazy man. I haven't done jack squat towards making the uh, Leprechaun Wars War Journal Journal War War thingy. I just like talking about it, because it's war, man. War. All right. Well, thanks, Jerry, for that rather melodramatic intro. Hey, don't talk about melodramatic, man. You want melodrama? Check out, uh, um, yeah, check out, like, any TV show that you want to watch, you know, drama for. Like, ER. Yeah, that's still on? Um, I don't know, Jerry. Let's just, uh, let's just move forward. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, you uh, you put a poll out there on uh, Twitter so that all of our audiences, all four of them, could uh, vote on what show to have next. And, well, we got a crazy amount of votes, didn't we? Yeah, a crazy amount of votes. So our big winner for the poll is actually um, the only one that got voted on, Gilligan's Island. That's right. One vote. 
thank you, um, well, the one listener. Yep, that's right. So today's show is going to be on Gilligan's Island. All right, well, cue the music here. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Gilligan's Island is an American sitcom created and produced by Sherwood Schwartz. It aired for three seasons on the CBS network from September 26, 1964 to April 17, 1967. The series followed the comedic adventures of seven castaways as they attempted to survive the island on which they had been shipwrecked. Most episodes revolved around the dissimilar castaways' conflicts and their unsuccessful attempts to escape the island, most of whose failure was on Gilligan's fault. Although the series only lasted three seasons, it got its major following in syndication in the 70s and 80s when it ran in the afternoons on weekdays. The show became a cultural icon by even today's standards. After the show's cancellation, it spawned a made-for-TV movie and two Saturday morning cartoons. Even though the series focused on the seven castaways, it did have its fair share of guests, like Zsa Zsa Gabor, Don well, Rickles... Hold on, wait a minute, did you say Zsa Zsa Gabor? Yeah, I, I did. Oh man, Zsa Zsa Gabor, man, she was uh, she was a bombshell back in the back in the sixties, man. Uh, do you ever uh, you ever see that uh, that uh, show uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? Um, yeah, like back when Johnny was alive. And... Oh man, she had a great spot on there. You look it up on uh, at uh, Tubeuse or uh, whatever you call them on them interwebs, uh, YouTube. Uh, you would buzz tube. Uh, I can't remember what they call it. Anyway, uh, check out her interview with Johnny Carson. She was uh, came in with this cat on her lap, and and uh, she asked Johnny if she if he wanted to pet her pussy. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, let's not get too graphic here. All right. Yeah. Um. Where was I? Oh yeah. So yeah. Ja Ja Gabor. I'll tell you what, Jerry. Let's let's not get into that. Um. Let's go ahead and just continue with what we were talking about with the. Uh, the seven castaways having guests, you know, because they also had Don Rickles, Kurt Russell, and Hans Conrad. Oh, yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I like him, you know. Wait a minute. Isn't he an old man now? Yeah, but back then, you know, it was the 60s, and Kurt Russell was a young kid back then. You know, he had, uh, he was like a Disney kid actor. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, cool. All right, so, um, yeah, so they had guest stars. And, uh, let's see, many of the guest characters wound up on the island as the castaways themselves. But at the end of the episode, they managed to find a way off the island, and through some kind of folly, unable to mention the seven castaways on the deserted island. Now, let's take a look at our 1960s reboot cast. All right, Jerry, since you're our guest today, how about you start us off? All right, cool. Fantastic. I really like this show. Good old Gilligan's Island. Hold on a second. I gotta take a drink. Hey, you mind passing me that mug? Oh, sure, sure. Here you go. Uh, that's some refreshing beverage you got there. Um, hey, what is this anyway? What do you got this in? The Roman Pod and Cast. What's that? Oh, that's, uh, that's a free mug I got from the Roman Pod and Cast. Um, yeah, if, listener out there, if you like, um... Canadian humor and comedy and, uh, you know, really great jokes about the Great White North, check out the Roman Pod and Cast. I've been listening to them, and they're, they're a really good show. Um, I would definitely give them a five-star review. So if you get a chance, check out iTunes, Stitcher, 
Spotify, or the EMC Network for um, the Roman Podcast. And uh, tell them Matty D sent you. All right, well, you got your plug in. Okay, so what's next? Uh, oh, yeah, right. Back to Gilligan's Island. Oh, ships it shore in the horror of this imparted desert oil. Brother Gilligan, the skipper do. The gnome, gnome, man, the gnome. The gnome star. Okay, Jerry, just let's roll on with um our main, you know, guy, you know, kind of started off. Right, right, all right, sorry, 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 sorry. All right, first up is our titular character. Titular, that's a fun word to say, don't you think, Matty D? Yeah, yeah, that's why I wrote it down on the script. Hey, hey, don't let him show, don't show him how the sausage is made, come on, man. This is totally unscripted. Like right here, what I'm talking, unscripted. Complete jibber-jabber. The only thing we have are notes. They're not scripts, they're notes. And titular's a fun word to say. Titular. It's got tit in it. <laughs> yeah. And this is a supposed podcast, so I can say tit-titty. Tit-mouse. Tit-tits. Tit-tits. Okay, Jerry, come on. Let's get on to Gilligan. Right, right, all right, all right, jeez. Take all the fun out of a show. Man, you're the only show. Suck the fun out of something. All right, Gilligan. Originally played by Bob Denver. Now there's a guy who knew fun. Yeah, Bob Denver. Tell you what, he definitely liked to party, you know. A little bit of that, uh, you know, stuff they legalized in Canada. You know, stuff that's been, uh, you know, Colorado. You know what I'm talking about? It's got uh, the THX and the CBD oil. Okay, Jerry, we get the idea. Come on, man. All right, all right. Gilligan was the first mate on the yacht, the SS Minnow. He was a clumsy and bumbling character that always did a majority of the work on the island as well as on the ship before it was stranded on the deserted island. Wow, I said island a lot in that sentence. This is cursed forever. Thanks for taking over the digging, Skipper. Now, look, you don't believe these native superstitions, do you? He sure does, Professor. He's always telling me terrible stories about these islands, sacred gods and curses. Surely you don't believe in that nonsense, Gilligan. Surely I don't, but I do. So, basically, you know, he was the main character. He did all the hard work, and, uh, yeah, and he was played by a real funny guy. He liked to party a lot, you know? Bob Denver, man, he, uh... He knew what he was doing. I mean, heck, he wrote that that move, that uh, song, uh, you know, Mountain Road, Rock and Road, whatever, you know. Um, Jerry, that was John Denver, and it was um, uh, Rocky Mountain High and Long Road. Yeah, I, I don't listen to John Denver, but oh, you get the idea. I was John Denver. He was a musician. Bob Denver was the actor. Right, right, right. Okay, well, anyway. Um, so for my uh, my show, my pick of the 1960s reboot for a modern day cast, who would I pick to play Gilligan? I would pick the great Grant Gustin. Ha! There's your alliteration. The great Grant Gustin. So audience members who don't know who that is, if you haven't watched the CW's The Flash, he plays Barry Allen, and he's also The Flash. So look, this is uh, what I think. Um, so, all right, so Grant, he... Uh, he can do uh, serious action kind of thing, and uh, he can be a little brooding in that TV show with Flash when he's uh, pining for the old Fuyords, or as I like to say, pining for Irish Iris West. Um, so he can do all that, but what's really cool is he can actually do some comedy, you know, and he's a great, uh, great 
you know, singer, so he's got some timing down, so I think he could definitely pull the commie portion of uh, Gilligan's Island as, as Gilligan. I mean, think about it. The guy already wears a red suit in The Flash. He could totally wear a red freaking t-shirt and white khakis. Run around getting hit by a skipper all the time. Yeah, that's who I would pick. Grant Gustin. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's your pick, but, um... For my uh, my reboot, I would uh, I would go with a, a younger actor. Um, although I don't think he's as young as as Grant Gustin, but uh, he's got uh, experience with uh, physical timing as well as being able to play a comedic role. The guy I picked was uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie has been playing the role of Matt Murdock slash Daredevil on Marvel's Netflix. Hey, wait a minute. So we both picked, like, uh, two actors who are superheroes that wear red suits. Well, not necessarily, because Daredevil's suit went back to being black with the headband um, in the last season. He was that in the first season. So really, the only time he was wearing the red suit was in season two and, I think, the Defenders. But we really... All right, all right, whatever. Look, um... Either way, we picked both picked uh, superhero actors that are in a red suit, so obviously they can wear a red shirt. You know, not like that uh, other TV show that uh, created by Gene Roddenberry, where if you wear a red shirt, you kind of die. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. The um the Star Trek Wars show. Yeah, you're. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You got a problem with Star Trek? No, not at all. Not at all. I, in fact, I rather like Star Trek. It, you know. Um, here, I'll, I'll, may the force be with you. Oh, don't do that. I hate when you do that. All right, all right, jeez. All right. So, Charlie Cox, you know, the Daredevil actor, he, uh, Daredevil role is definitely a more serious role, a lot of action, a lot of hitting, a lot of fighting, but it requires a lot of physical timing. Um, but also, Charlie was in the, the film Stardust, and that and his role was a little more comedic, so he definitely has some experience in, in comedic acting and, and, again, with timing. Plus, he kind of has that same look Bob Denver had, you know. He kind of has, he's got the hair, he's got, uh, you know, the, probably about the same height. So, I would definitely go with Charlie Cox as my, uh, my Gilligan. Next up is Gilligan's boss, the captain of the minnow, the skipper, originally played by Alan Hale. Which way did you say, Gilligan? <laughs> sorry, skipper. I'm sorry. I was just tying my shoelace. My shoe is untied, skipper. Just... All right, Gilligan. I know your shoe is untied. Now, which way did you say? Over to your left, Skipper. Here, I'll lead. I'll show you. No, I shall lead. You've done enough for today. Thank you, Gilligan. Skipper was always giving Gilligan orders on what needed to be done on the ship, and that carried over onto the island once the group became castaways. Skipper was a quick-tempered and just a little lazy, as he was always passing the harder work off to Gilligan. Rank has its privileges. For the reboot of Gilligan's Island, I chose a man that comes from a family of comedic actors, and I think that he could be both funny and show a uh, kind of quiet kind of anger. The guy I picked was Joel Murray. Now, Joel Murray played in the TV show Darman Greg as Greg's co-worker and best friend. 
Joel also has credits in several movies as a background character, as well as walk-on roles in several TV shows. He is the younger brother to Bill and Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, right, right, yeah, Joel Murray, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he, uh, he, didn't he play the brother of, uh, of Scrooge in that, that movie, uh, Scrooged with, uh, Bill Murray? Yeah, that was him. Funny, because, you know, they were talking about, uh, the SS Minnow in one of them there, uh, in that movie. Yeah. So, um, you know, in Joel, Joel, I have to say, is, uh, aged rather gracefully, and it definitely is the right age group to play the grizzled ship captain. He has the background to play a comedic actor, and I feel as though he could play a loudmouth and blackguard if given the opportunity. Oh, really? Loudmouth and blackguard? Hmm. I wonder if you know anybody like that. Surprised you didn't cast me in the role of Skipper. Um, you, you didn't cast yourself, did you? Um, uh, no. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, let me, uh, let me, uh, no. Not at all. No, I did not cast myself as the skipper. All right. Well, um, who did you cast for the skipper in your uh, your version of the, of the reboot? Oh, um, well, I kind of stuck with the whole CW thing, and uh, I went with a guy that uh, had some grace and dignity. He uh, he was definitely a hard nosed guy, and uh, the guy I picked was Matt Nabel. He, uh, he was in the Arrow. He played Raz Al Ghul. Um, he definitely has the age, and he kind of has that hard-nosed look that I can definitely see him uh, being the skipper to my Grant Gustin Gilligan. Oh, interesting. So you're going with the whole CW Dreamcast thing? Nope, nope, just just, just these two guys. And, well, maybe one other one in here somewhere, if I can remember what it was. Um yeah, is uh, Sarah Michelle Keller on the CW? No, no, she's not. Um, and please, let's not go down that rabbit hole with your fascination with uh, Sarah Michelle Keller. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So, um, where are we at now? Okay, so I've got um, I got the skipper done. So uh, it's your turn for um, Mr. Howell. Okay, well, all right, so let's see, you got the skipper, so now it's Mr. Howell, so we're doing the old guys. All right, so, um, uh, Mr. Howell, played by Jim Backus. Please hurry. Good heavens, lovey, how do you work one of these? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about now, it's, it's hidden. Yes, Professor, what happens when Gilligan and the skipper find it missing? Simple, we just accuse the professor. <laughs> just joking, my dear. Mr. Howell, or also known as Thurston Howell III, is portrayed as a man who is so rich that he took several thousands of dollars and changes of clothes on a three-hour tour from Hawaii. Mr. Howell is a man that represents the New England elite and almost always shows the other castaways that he is better than them because he's rich. Yeah, you know, I wish I was rich sometimes. I'd I'd, uh, I'd certainly be better than some of those other guys out there, you know, like them, their leprechauns, you know. They, uh, they tend to think they're all so high and mighty because they got all All right, that. Jerry, come on. Let's, um, let's not go down um, that 
path with which you're gonna say road weren't you you were gonna repeat yourself okay yeah fine i was gonna repeat myself you got me um so anyway uh your thurston howl the third who'd you pick Oh, right, right. Um, my Thurston Howell Third. Well, I went with a guy who definitely has the age and uh, the gravitas to play a, uh, a real up-and-coming uh, billionaire. You know, I was definitely thinking of a guy that could be like, um, made his money in the 90s, you know, maybe off the dot-coms. And as he got older, he kind of like started creating a company called like, oh, I don't know... Amazon, something like that, you know, kind of model him a little bit after that uh, Jeff Bezos guy. So the guy I picked uh, was actually uh, number two on the um, uh, Starship Enterprise. I picked Jonathan Frakes, and uh, you, you definitely know him from Star Trek, but uh, his credits are, uh, he's a voice actor. He does a lot of different voice acting and TV shows, and he's got a new new Star Trek show he's going to be in uh, with Captain Picard. Yep, it's going to be him and Picard. You know, it should be like the Jonathan Frakes Hour. It's going to be awesome. You know, he was definitely uh, my favorite, you know, lieutenant or commander of a starship. You know, I really like Jonathan Frakes. All right, so basically you're saying that you're going to wind up, um, what, uh, dreamcasting uh, the CW in Star Trek? Big stretch there, buddy. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you got me. But uh, there's uh, there's kind of a little bit of theme, you know. I mean, come on, look at the man. He's definitely got the age to be a Thurston Howell, and I definitely got him pegged as like a, uh, you know, a dot-com billionaire. He could take, uh, you know, his character could definitely take uh, Jeff Bezos for run for his money, you know. Get that, buddy. Run for his money. See what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Not bad, not bad. All right, so let's see. You got Jonathan Frakes, huh? All right, so my uh, my uh, cast for the 60s reboot of Gilligan for Thurston Howell III is uh, the great character actor Tom Wilkinson. Now, Tom has been in several movies, but his television credits include TV miniseries for Watership Down, as well as The Kennedys in 2011, where he portrayed Joe Kennedy he was also in the Green Hornet movie playing Seth Rogen's character's father, Jack Reed. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he's uh, it's that British guy. He's kind of kind of portly. You know, I could definitely see him more as like your skipper. But why'd you pick him for, uh, uh, you know, the, the role of, of, of uh, Thurston Howell III? Uh, well, because uh, Tom, is, he'd be take on the role of Mr. Howell. Uh, I think he'd definitely run with it, you know, for a more modern take. I think you'd be interested to see him as like a, a British millionaire on vacation. And with Tom's ability to play both a jerk as well as a hard-nosed father, I think he could pull off the interesting Mr. Howell. Tom's such a great character actor. I mean, I think I could, could bring several, I think he could bring several different emotions to the role. Okay, all right, I, uh, I got you there, um, so... You know where there's a where there's a Mr. Howe, there's there is a Mrs. Howe. You know, uh, see how I segued right into that. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a regular Paul Blart mall cop with my segways. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Cool. So yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into the character of Mrs. Howell. And uh, Mrs. Howell, a.k.a. Eunice, a lovely Howell, was played by Natalie Schaefer. Preston, you'll frighten him. You shouldn't talk like that to someone who's so desperately ill. <laughs> Mrs. Howell was a rich, spoiled socialite that didn't care. Socialite? Socialite. That's kind of a fun thing to say. Socialite. Socialite. What is a socialite? Obviously, it's a person who likes to go out and, you know, have parties and garden clubs and all that stuff. But, you know, the name's Socialite. Hey, Matty D, you uh, want to focus here? You know, come on, jump, jump. All right, all right. So, um, yeah, so she was a spoiled socialite that didn't care where her husband's money came from, but was more interested in attending her garden club and important social events. Prior to marrying Thurston, Mrs. Howe was rich, like filthy rich, like she was so rich that she was so used to that particular lifestyle. Um, for my modern version of uh, uh, Mrs. Howell, I went with uh, a similar actress that uh, that's uh, used to playing a spoiled, um, rich socialite. I chose Jessica Walter. Now, Jessica Walter is not unfamiliar with playing a rich socialite, as I said. She played one on Arrest Development as Lucille Bluth. I think Jessica would slip right into the role of Mrs. Howell rather ease. However, to modernize, modernize her character, I would make more of a hands-on kind of woman when it comes to running the Howell fortune. She enjoys going to her high-class social events, but always balances it with being, the, being president of stockholder meetings as well as helping Thurston with his business deals. Hey, that's kind of neat. You know, she could be like a more, you know, go-getter kind of, you know, burn my bra, you know, women yay, kind of, you know, billionaire's wife sort of thing. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for. More of a, you know, she can definitely do the, the big number she's concerned about the, their fortune as much as Thurston is. And, you know, I, I honestly think that she could play like a, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of it, a socialite who's also like um, a land baron. Land baron. Jeez, man, where are you from? 1940s? All right, all right. So who'd you pick for uh, Mrs. Howe? Well, you know, funny you should ask me because I, uh, I decided to stick my whole, you know, baby boomer generation billionaire. And uh, his wife, I thought, would be kind of neat to have a similar spin to him, or she were kind of kind of rich too, because she uh, she got in on the ground floor, like you know, Facebook and a bunch of other stuff, and then she fell in love with Thurston, and they got married, and, and uh, never had kids yet, because they always were waiting. And as they got older, she just kind of became more of a uh, business first, and you know, loved Thurston as well. So I'm dragging this on because I'm trying to remember how to pronounce her name. But I picked Gates McFadden. Um, you might remember her from a TV show, NCIS. She played Miss Belmont. 
And uh, for your people who really uh, are in the dark and haven't been under a rock for the last 25, 30 years, she was in Star Trek The Next Generation. All right, so we're going down that road again, huh? Hey, give me a break, all right? I happen to like the show, and I think she would make a really good Thurston Howell's wife of uh, Houston, Mrs. Howell, you know? Hey, it's your pick. Cool. Um. I'm kind of curious to see what you got for a uh, storyline. Oh yeah, yeah, you you're gonna love this. Yeah, she's definitely gonna be uh, an integral part of that whole storyline I have for my first episode. Cool. All right. All right. And now, uh, momentary pause for a quick commercial break. Hey, this is Jerry. You uh, you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start. Don't know how to get any anywhere on it. Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast for this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and oh wait, that's Game of Thrones. Never mind. So you want to have an epic crazy podcast? Check out podedit.com. Randall Sylvia will help you out. Number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast. Get you started. Good rates. Podedit.com. Check it out. He gets Jerry's seal of approval. All right. And we're back. Hey, sorry for that small commercial break, but uh, we had a little bit of a technical problem, so we figured we'd fill in a couple commercials. Back to the show. All right, so where'd we leave off at? Well, let's see. We just did um, Thurston Howell's wife, Mrs. Howell. So the next on our list of castaways is the man who could make anything on the island out of coconuts and bamboo, The Professor, played by Russell Johnson. Skipper, give me a hand here, will you? Yeah, sure, Professor. This is a wonderful way to protect our food supply. It'll be cool down there. Yeah, Gilligan promoted a steamer truck from the house. Figures he'll put all the food in it and drop the whole thing in the pit. Oh, it's a wonderful idea. You two men deserve a lot of credit. Well, I can't take any bows this time, Professor. These were all Gilligan's decisions. The Professor was the man of all knowledge among the castaways. He was a high school science teacher as well as a botanist and holds several PhDs from several different colleges. As I mentioned, he was always building items on the island out of bamboo and coconuts. He was able to keep the radio batteries charged using coconuts, a true survivor to have in your group. Now, for my Sissy's Reboot take, I went a little off-model and flipped the script and did a whole gender swap thing, and um, I chose a woman instead of a man to play the professor's role. I decided to go with an actress that could walk into a room and be the smartest person, but not talk down to anyone. Hey, man, did you go with uh, that, that that new doctor? Um, what's her name? Uh, Jody Jody Hauser? No, no, Jody uh, Jody Whitaker. Yeah, did you go with her? No, no, I I went with somebody completely different. I went with the American actress Carrie Russell. Now, Carrie Russell was recently in the HBO series The Americans. Right, right, okay, yeah, I remember her. She played uh, she played Felicity back in the early 2000s in the 90s, right? Yeah, um, she she did. Um, but what I was really looking at was her, her way that she could portray a Russian spy in suburban America. You know, she had, uh, she had to show that she was uh, 
She had the acting talent to be a smart agent as well as a great mom and a loving wife. Um, I think she definitely has the, the act, acting capability to, to pull out a performance to be the smartest woman in the room. Um, and uh, as well as to convey like a, a matriarchal kind of teacher. Oh, right, right. That's that's a great idea. I like that idea. Wow, that's that's kind of cool. That's that's far better than uh, who I picked for um for uh, the professor. So, um, who did you pick for the professor? Oh, um, yeah, uh, I kind of wish I would have picked yours, but um, I uh, I kept with being being a guy, and uh, I went with Tobias Menezes, 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 um. So, yeah, he's uh, an older guy. He uh, he was on um, Game of Thrones. He played uh, the Starks' uh, uncle, Sansa's uncle. Um, you know, he was a Tully, and uh, he's also in The Crown. And uh, he was in that last uh, that last Kate Be- Basinger. Kate, no, not Basinger. Kate. Beckinsale, oh yeah, Kate Beckinsale, how can I screw up her name, man, Kate Beckinsale, man, anyway, he was in that movie with her in Underworld, uh, Blood Wars, which probably only had about, you know, four people watch it, one of them was me, yeah, 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 definitely, uh, Kate Beckinsale for, um, yeah, wait, oh, sorry, uh, what was I, oh, yeah, right, um, yeah, so, Tobias Menez, He'd be my professor. He just kind of has that look, and uh, I think he'd probably pull off the uh, the delivery of uh, sounding smart, which I'm not sounding right now because I'm too busy thinking about Kate Beckinsale. All right. Well, um, while Jerry kind of goes off and thinks about that for a minute, hey, buddy, really, come on, focus. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm here. All right, so now that we have the professor, um, and speaking of women, next up is the bombshell on the island, the one, the only, Ginger Grant. Ginger was portrayed famously by Tina Louise. You're the kind of man that any young, attractive girl would love to spend the rest of her life with. Well, you're, you're lots of things, Skipper. The character of Ginger was the movie star on the island. She was mainly the eye candy for the show. Her main motivation on the island was helping the others with plans to get off the island. Much of her help was in assisting the professor with his experiments. Along with that, she would tell stories of her famous Hollywood friends and acquaintances. Ginger was often the recipient of the skipper's affections but tended to have more romantic scenes with the professor. Ooh la la. Really? You're going to kick in a new la la? Yeah, okay. So I tried, yeah, I'm a little campy there, but come on. The show, it's the 1960s. The show was campy. Not nearly as campy as Batman 66, but still, there was some camp in there. It was a comedy. So what if I said ooh la la? Anyway, um, for my modern version of Ginger Grant, since I went with a female version of the professor i kind of scratched that whole you know yeah we probably could have an interesting dynamic with ginger grant and the professor female professor but 
that's just kind of grab cramming the whole, you know, SJW down your throat. And I, I still went with a rather attractive woman. Um, but, uh, I think that she's going to have a bit of a twist with the professor. Um, the, the person I picked was Ellie Kemper. Now, Ellie was most recently in the TV show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, she's a rather beautiful woman, much like Ginger Grant's character. Plus, Ellie's experience with different characters in comedies shows she can pull, pull off something that, um, would be different. It would be a different take on Ginger Grant. Um, and I would think that, uh, Ellie Kemper could portray, like, a, a Ginger that, um, could play off this, the professor sometimes, revealing that she is much smarter than the typical Hollywood starlet that she was casted back in the 60s. Um, the more modern ginger, I would say, would uh, occasionally point out a math error or something that the professor had missed. Although she comes off as a little brainy in these situations, she still portrays a love of acting and almost hides her intelligence. With Ellie's prior, prior roles... Um, and her acting ability, I feel like she could pull off like a hidden smart movie star. Well, okay. Um, I really didn't think so much of that. I was going more for like a ditzy kind of blonde for my ginger, but, uh, you know, well, I say ditzy blonde, but really, you know, ginger was a redhead, hence the old name ginger. But uh, I like that idea. You know, you could have like the professor say something like, Oh, it's the square root of the hypotenuse to two right angles. And then, you know, your Ellie Kemper or Ginger could see, like, uh, no, Professor, you're wrong. It was, it was the square root of this Pythagorean theorem by. Jerry, do you, you even know what you're saying? Nope, haven't got a clue. I am not smart. I am the furthest from a smart brain scientist person anywhere. Um, in fact, in high school, they called me NARS. Um, okay. What's the NARS? NARS. It's an acronym. You know what an acronym is? Yeah, I know what an acronym is. You know, when you take letters and it spells out a word? Yes, I understand that. You know, because like, you know, that word scuba, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. That's an acronym. Yes, I understand acronyms. Okay, okay, don't bite my head off, jeez. So, NARS is not a rocket science guy. You mean scientist? Yeah, that's what I said. Science guy. Science. Wow. Okay. Anyway, back to um, Ginger. So, yeah, my Ginger was um, Ellie Kemper. So, I'm afraid to ask, Jerry, but uh, who did you pick? Hey, so glad you could ask. So, uh, I uh, I went with um, kind of a, a, a great actress who was both beautiful and she could definitely pull off, like, the uh, kind of dissy blonde, but more concerned about acting than any kind of smart thing, and just really wants to get off the island. You know, maybe she's, like, always looking at her cell phone, wondering, gosh, I wish I could totally tweet. Wait a minute. Are we still under the same rules that this is, like, set in the 60s as well? Um, You know, it's we're taking a modern take on it, so we could probably, you know, move the time forward if that's what you're focusing on then yeah all right cool cool like um you know they'll have the same tone the technicolor and looks and everything but you know we'll have some modern day equipment so the professor will have to try to figure out a way to to keep ginger's uh cell phone running but in reality she has no wi-fi and she has it's not a um a satellite 
cell phone, so hmm, let me rethink that. That might be a fight, kind of a flaw in my uh anyway, alright. So who I picked? I picked uh Melissa Bessonoit. I think that's how you thought it. Bessonoit. Bess Bessonoit. Yeah, I think it's it's Bess Bessonoit. Um wasn't she in that that isn't she in the TV show from the CW Supergirl? Yep, that's it. I picked Supergirl. She can be my ginger grant. I mean, come on. She uh she played opposite of Grant Gustin in 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 Supergirl and the Flash and uh gosh that uh that singing show that was crazy driving everybody crazy back in the mid mid two thousands. Um what was it? Uh Glee Gleek Speak Geek It was Glee. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, I never really watched the show. I just heard that those two were on it. And honestly, I think that uh, you know, Gillen could be Gilligan could be all like salivating and costly like, Oh gee, Ginger, how can I help you out there? Um, what kind of voice was that? Oh, that was my uh, that was my Gilligan voice. Okay. So Melissa Bessonoids. All right. Well, that's a good pick. I mean, definitely picking your your um, ditzy blondie kind of character. Um, yeah, I could definitely see her uh, dressing up in like red uh, evening gowns and and you know walking around the island. Yeah, I, I got it. Cool, cool. All right. So where are we off to next? <laughs> So we did, we did, oh, that, yep, that one last, one last castaway left. The last of the seven deadly sins. Um, now we're with, what, Marianne? All right, yeah. Okay, so as the theme song goes, um, I should say, stay on the shore of this and try to desert island. We start, uh, Professor Ran, oh, and the rest. Um, don't you mean and Marianne? Ah, whatever. They always screwed her over on the first season. Anyway, Marianne, played by Dawn Wills. Look at this. Ginger, look what I found. What is it? Oh, it's some kind of native carving. Well, let's show it to the skipper. I bet he'll know what it is. In a minute, this will be our present. <laughs> Great idea. Boy, will he be surprised. Now... Marianne was the opposite of Ginger. She, uh, she was the innocent girl next door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I ever tell you about this website called Porn... Hey! No, come on. Focus. Sorry. I was just gonna say, uh, Porno, but, you know, the girl next door, that's a whole category of stuff. Um, Jerry, let's try to keep this clean, okay? Sure, sure. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, she was the one that, uh, did most of the cooking on the island and often mentioned the chores that she would do on, uh, on the farm. On her Kansas farm, no house. Um, she was also, uh, both a friend and a foil to Ginger, Oftentimes, she was showing jealousy of uh, the beautiful movie star, which definitely puts her in the uh, Seven Deadly Sins as uh, jealousy. Yep, and we didn't mention any other sins for the other cast, but you can pretty much figure it out, because you're a smart listener, aren't you? Um, Jerry, let's not, you know, talk down. Yeah, let's carry on. All right, all right, so uh, Gilligan often helped Marianne on the island, 
uh, with the day-to-day chores. Many times, as a reward for helping out Marianne, she would bake him a coconut cream pie. Yeah, coconut cream pies. You know, my wife makes a really good coconut cream pie, and, you know, as I think about it, I think I married Marianne. Hey, uh, look, whatever you and your wife do uh, is between you and her, and uh, we really don't want to hear it. Oh, sorry. Just suddenly hungry for a coconut cream pie. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, let's uh, focus. You know, you're always telling me to focus. Oh, yeah, but, you know, coconut cream pie is really good. Why, in fact, just the other day, my wife made a coconut cream pie, and it was, it was like just the right amount of coconut and the right amount of sweetness. All right, come on, man. Sorry. You're always running off on tangents, can't I? Yeah, all right, well, look, let's, uh, let's try to wrap this up. We're already punching into, like, an hour mark. All right, all right, so, um... Who'd you pick for your Marianne? Oh, that's easy. So I wanted to go with somebody that uh, could both portray class, elegance, and the ability to kick butt. Um, so there's a lot of butt kicking on uh, on the island? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you always had the guest uh, baddie show up. You never know when, like, say, oh, a hellmouth might open up in the middle of the island and this huge vampire comes jumping out. Um, Jerry, I'm afraid to ask. I really, really am afraid to ask, but who did you pick for, um, for you? Oh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, if a Hellmouth opened up, you'd really want somebody there to be able to kick her butt, and I went with, um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Why am I not surprised? What's wrong with her? Uh, absolutely nothing. She's a great actress. I, I, I really like her. I think she, uh, she could probably do a, a decent role as, uh, Marianne. Darn tootin' she can. I mean, come on. She can do anything. I mean, she was in Buffy. She fought bad guys. She was in that TV show Dead Ringer where she played herself, but then not herself, and her sister, but not her sister. And it was really cool. I mean, she has the true breath and, and acting ability to be a Marianne. I mean, she could totally be on that island and be so cool in that, you know, skimpy dress and cooking coconut cream pies and doing laundry. And yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller. Okay, Jerry, that's, uh, that's an interesting take on uh, Marianne. I didn't realize that, you know, a requirement would be to kick butt. Um, yeah, because, you know, there's a whole lot of hellmouths opening up in a, in a comedy show. Darn, dude, it could have been a pirate. A pirate ship could be coming by and, and you need somebody to, like, you know, attack the pirates that are going to attack the island. And um, All right, let's tell you what. Um, now that we know that uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is your Marianne, how about... Um, but I share with the class uh, my pick. Oh, right, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to go all crazy hormonal there on you. Okay, well, um, for my uh, reboot of the series, I'm going way off model again with um, Marianne, and uh, I'm actually going to change her name to Mark Anthony. That's right. I'm ginger swapping again. So uh, my, uh, my Marianne slash Mark will be played by the wonderful actor that I feel could pull off um, a chef as well as a farmer slash cowboy. Um, and I picked Sam Jones the third. Now, people who don't know Sam might... Wait a minute. Isn't he the guy that played the Flash? You know, Flash Gordon? No, no. That was Sam Jones. This is this is a completely different actor. This is Sam Jones the third. Uh, Sam played Pete Ross in the CW show Smallville as well as uh, Craig Shiloh in uh, Blue Mountain State. Wait a minute. You're talking about Smallville? Uh, yeah, the Superman TV show on the CW. 
all right, all right. I got I got nothing against the CW. I got nothing against the TV show Smallville. But aren't you kind of like getting a little risque there with? Don't you know what all happened from the, the some of the cast members and small? You know what, Jerry? Let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, we know there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on with a certain cast member, and let's just not go down that. All right, all right. I'm just I'm just saying, kind of taking a risky chance there, casting somebody from that show. You know, you don't know what. Look, Jerry. Let's just focus. So Sam Jones. Um, he has a talent in the acting chops to play a, a younger character who is more comfortable on on a farm than talking to women. Um, kind of like Marianne was comfortable on a farm than you know dealing with with being a in a you know big high fluting city. Um, I could definitely see uh, the Mark Anthony character uh, helping Gilligan with uh, you know building shelters, cooking the meals, looking for food on the island. Uh, perhaps Mark mentions a lot about his uh, grandma and who taught him a lot about cooking and uh, fixing stuff. You know, I could see him being a uh, an actor, uh, not an actor, but like a character who was like raised by his grandmother on a farm somewhere. You know, uh, a real down home kind of kind of person. And so, yeah, that's that's who I would pick for my Marianne slash Mark Anthony. So let's get this straight. You uh, you flipped the script. And you decided to go with a gender swap, and you just renamed the entire character. Well, yeah, I, but I went with like a similar initial. I went with M.A., you know, Marianne, Mark Anthony. All right, all right, I'll let it fly, because, you know, it's your show. Well, well, thank you. I consider it our show, because, you know, you're coming on, you're helping out, you know. Um, so... Yeah, um, so that's our uh, cast of characters for the 60s reboot of uh, Gilligan Island. So um, let's uh, let's do a quick recap, and I'll tell you all my people, and then we'll uh, move on from there to uh, to our ideas for how the show will run. All right, all right, sounds good, sounds good. Um, tell you what, let me uh, let me do my quick cast again. Um, so for Gilligan, we got Grant Gustin, the skipper. We got Matt Dable. Professor, we got Tobias Menez, uh, Mr. Howell, we got the great Jonathan Freaks, beam me up. Um, Mrs. Howell, I got a uh, fellow Star Trekian, fellow Star Trek star, Gates McFadden. And uh, Ginger, I got Melissa Besnoit. And for Marianne, I got the great Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Best pick ever, Sarah Michelle Geller. You know, if only I could find a way to keep her in all TV shows. All right, Jerry, let's um, let me tell you about my uh, list again. Let me recap mine. So for um, my Gilligan, I picked Charlie Cox. For um, the Skipper, I picked Joel Murray. For Professor Howell, I picked uh, Tom Wilkins. Mrs. Howell is um, Jessica Walter. Let's see. My ginger is Ellie Kimpler, Kimper. Uh, my professor is Carrie Russell. And my Marianne is actually a guy named Mark, An Mark Anthony is Sam Jones. So that is my list of characters. All right, Jerry. So 
Why don't you uh, tell us what you would pick for a script for a 1960s reboot of Gilligan's Island? All right, so picture this. The show would combine uh, Gilligan and uh, Fantasy Island. And uh, so they, uh, the ship sets sail from... Uh, Hawaii, and there's this huge storm, and the whole thing gets tipped over, and they land on this island, and what they don't know is that it's not a deserted island, but it's actually an island that uh, has uh, an old man and a short little guy named uh, Tattoo, but uh, we'll rename him for, we'll call him Jerry, and... Uh, so Jerry, uh, Jerry pretty much, you know, greets everybody as they wake up on the island. And he's wearing, like, uh, a three-piece business suit. And he says, hello, um, welcome to Fantasy Gnome Island. And uh, so he shows the, the seven crew members to individual huts that uh, he and um, uh, the old man made. All right, Jerry. Um, so you're combining Fantasy Island with Gilligan's Island. Yeah, you got a problem with that? No, no, no. Go, go on, carry on. All right. So, anyway, so they decide that uh, they're gonna check this island out, and even though they're stranded on it, um, turns out that uh, many, many people show up off of an airplane. And uh, they're kind of trapped on the island because the old man uh, says, I need people to fill in for me to uh, help other people with your fantasies. Um, okay, that's interesting. Um, carry on. So anyway, uh, Ginger winds up finding that uh, she really likes short guys and starts falling in love with uh, Jerry, the, the gnome, and... Uh, there's this whole love triangle thing between uh, her and uh, Jerry and uh, Gilligan until one day uh, Jerry and Gilligan get into a tiff fight. And uh, next thing you know, there's there's uh, just total chaos as uh, the huts start falling over and Jerry starts kicking the crap out of Gilligan. And next thing you know, there's only like four people left on the island. It's... Uh, well, yeah, that's what I got. So let me let me get this straight. You you're you're recasting the entire show, and basically it's a pure fantasy for you and Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, not at all. Jerry character is a completely different character than me. Not Jerry the gnome. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, that's that's an interesting take. Um, tell you what, let me uh let me tell you a little bit about uh what I wrote for my uh, 1960s reboot of Gilligan's Island. So we uh, we have the cast that I mentioned. Now here's a quick synopsis of uh, the first episode of the 60s reboot version of Gilligan's Island. In a marina off of Hawaii, a small boat called the SS Minnow is taking off. On board is a two-man crew as well as five passengers. The five are sitting on the deck of the boat as the captain welcomes them on a three-hour cruise of the Hawaiian Islands. After a while, the passengers make small talk. We learn their names. What brought them to the boat? Mark Anthony and Ginger are on a boat tour as Mark won a radio call and show 
for a chance to meet the movie star Ginger Grant, and we get to and he gets to spend an entire afternoon with her and her entourage. Ginger mentions that her entourage was busy or sick, and that she was willing to go on the cruise with Mark since he seemed like such a nice young man. We also learn that the Howells are there on their third honeymoon anniversary getaway. The professor is on board because she was experiencing writer's block on her recent botany book, Our Friends the Ferns, and her editor recommended the boat tour to get her out of the hotel room and away from her tablet. As they enjoy the tour, the captain tells them about the sights as the engine stalls and the weather starts to turn. The skipper radios for assistance from the Coast Guard. They tell him there's about to be a major typhoon heading their way, and they will try to get to them quickly. Suddenly, the typhoon hits. Suddenly, the boat capsizes, and the crew and the passengers are knocked out. Like, physically knocked out. Oh, right, right. I didn't think they are like, knocked out of the boat, but, like, you got to hit their head. Yes. The next morning, on a small island in the Pacific, half of the ship of the SS Minnow has washed up on shore. The first mate, Gilligan, stumbles out of the wreckage onto the shore. He sees the passengers and his skipper are all there lying on the beach, starting to wake up. Thus, our seven castaways are now on the deserted island. The rest of the episode is them finding ways to contact the Coast Guard or a passing vessel, as well as pretty much failure due to the lack of power or hardware or just Gilligan's dumb luck. Each episode after that will be a problem of the week as they attempt to get off the island, but Gilligan keeps screwing up their plans. Okay, so basically it's just a rehash of the entire 1960s TV series. Uh, kind of change or anything? Well, you know, there'd be a lot more dynamic between the characters in the fact that, you know, I did that gender swap. Maybe, you know... Gilligan falls in love with the professor instead of, you know, pining over Marianne like he did in the, the original TV show. Um, you know, perhaps Mark Anthony, you know, shows that Ginger could really like, um, maybe he, I don't know, I think maybe Mark Anthony could probably bring out more of Ginger's, you know, intelligence and definitely show show her that he has, you know, heart. There could be, like, a love interest there. Um, as far as conflict, I mean, Gilligan could always be messing things up. Um, Ginger could, you know, try the whole cell phone thing where, like, she can't get the cell phone to work, and she's constantly talking to the professor about, you know, coming up with new ways to create new batteries in order to charge the phone. All right. Okay? All right. All right. I can could, I could see that. Great. All right, folks. Well... This has been the 60s reboot of Gilligan's Island. If you've enjoyed this episode... Wait, wait, wait. Are we wrapping things up? Because I got one last thing to say. Um, okay. So, I liked your cast. I liked who you picked. I liked your theory or your story. You know, I liked the whole ginger, ginger swap thing. But what you really need to change your cast with, which could really bring it out, is putting in more Sarah Michelle Geller. Really? We're going that route? Well, I just want to say her name one last time. It's fun to say. Sarah Michelle Geller. All right, Jerry. Well, thank you very much. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this episode, then uh, leave a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you'd like to express your opinion on my picks or Jerry's picks, um, feel free to email your show. Or, I'm sorry. Feel free to email the show at 60 reboot at gmail.com that's 60s 
reboot at gmail.com. And I'll read your email on the show. Also, you can see our show's website at 60sreboot.blogspot.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at 60sreboot2. And lastly, we're proud to be part of the Electronic Media Collective. All right, Jerry, is there anything you want to include where anyone can find you or listen to you? Well, not really. I'm uh, still working on that uh, podcast, and um, tell you what, if you want to send a tweet to Matty D., uh, he'll make sure I get it. If you want to email me, just go ahead and email the show. I'm sure it'll get passed on to me. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and, uh, go listen to, uh, the rest of the shows on the EMC. Because uh, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Alright, well, thanks a lot, Jerry. And thanks again for coming by and, uh, picking out, uh, cast members for a, uh, 60s reboot. So, um... Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, have a great day. Or a night. Day or night. Have a great day or night. Yes, have a great day or night. This is Matty D signing off. This is Jerry the Gnome signing off. Later, Gator. After a while, Crocodile. Do you like comic books? Do you have kids? Do you want to introduce your kids to some comic books that you feel should be more appropriate for their age? Then check out Matty D's Comics with My Kids, a podcast with his two kids, Logan and Melody, in which they review classic comic books for kids. That's Comics with My Kids. Check it out at Stitcher's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and on the EMC Network.